Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. I have the perfect guest with whom I'm about to discuss classified information, Richard Clark. He served for 30 years in national security policy roles in the U.S. government. He was initially in the Pentagon, then the State Department, and then finally for an unprecedented decade of continuous service to count them, three American presidents. In the White House National Security Council for President Bush, for Clinton and Bush 43, He served as special assistant to the president for global affairs, national coordinator for security and counterterrorism, the so-called terrorism czar, and special advisor for cyberspace, the first cyber czar. Thrilled to have him back on the program. Mr. Clark, welcome back. By the way, Senator Chris Coons just left my studio, and I asked him, what's it like to handle classified information as a member of the Senate? And he told us about the skiff, and he told us about the the limitations, the way you've got to be in a special room and so on and so forth, which just makes it all the more stunning that the presidents and vice presidents get treated differently. Well, Michael, they don't. Um, Normally, there is a system. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you this week, I've been listening all week, and I wanted to let you know they're actually, it's not as bad as it sounds. Um, There's a system, it's called the NSC Records Office, uh, and they take classified information to the president. They number it. They put a receipt on top of it. They have a computer system that tells them where it is at any given point in time. Uh, that's the way the system is supposed to work. But then there are mistakes. Then there are people who walk into the Oval Office and hand the president something. Well, there's no way of knowing that that happened. Uh, so there's no way of tracking where that document goes. But documents that I produced that went to the president, we tracked, we had numbers, we had uh, barcodes. The system actually did work. But human factors are getting in the way is what I'm hearing from you. Human factors are getting in the way. When the president says, hey, Dick, I didn't get to that document. I'm going to take it home tonight. I'm going to take it upstairs to the residence and read it. Am I going to say no? (laughs) Is anyone going to say no? Uh, so there are documents that float upstairs to the residents. And, you know, there's just no way of controlling some of them. If, if let's say, the CIA briefer comes in in the morning and he gives them the, the president's daily briefing, 
Okay, that's controlled. But then that briefer wants to get brownie points. So he slips him another couple of documents. Hey, I just saw this. This just came in. This is raw intelligence. Look at that photo. Who knows where that goes? It's, it's very hard to track. But for most of us, it was a very controlled environment. My office suite was a skiff. Uh, was one of only three uh, in the building. And therefore, we could leave things out, uh, open storage. But most people on the National Security Council staff had to lock everything up every night. They had to pull the hard drives out of their computers. They had to clean their desks and put it all in the safe every night. Uh, and then I experienced a couple of times, and most people only experienced it once, something called Boxing Day. And Boxing Day was not the day after Christmas. It was the day before the inauguration when sailors, Navy guys, uh, came into my office with cardboard, assembled them into cardboard boxes, and threw everything in my office into the cardboard boxes and walked out, leaving me you know, for the last 12 hours of the administration with nothing, uh, not even a pencil, not even a hard drive in my computer. And all of that stuff went to the National Archives. That's the way the system is supposed to work. Do you think there was no Boxing Day when Trump left? Well, I I know there was a Boxing Day, at least for the staff. I hear there was a Boxing Day for for him. But, you know, if there's there's stuff that he has pulled out of reports and kept, uh, it's kind of hard to know. And if he throws that in uh, a file with news clippings, it's kind of hard to know. One of the reasons that a lot of us want to move to iPads uh, for classified documents is we will know where the documents are. They're on the iPad. You can't kind of rip them out <laughs> and throw them into the newspaper clippings. I'm happy to hear from you. And I have to say, having followed this story closely, this is the first that I've really been told we do have a tracking system and here's how it functions. Why this hasn't been more widely covered, I don't know, because if you've been listening, you've heard a number of callers and you've heard me say, my God, the library system, Dewey Decimal is better than what they've been using. Yeah. Why can't they go to some type of a barcode? Uh, and you're saying, well, we actually do have that sort of system. We do. We do. It's just people break the rules. Uh, and we also have three systems, and this is important to know. There's the secret, top secret system that everybody hears about. Then there's another one for what's called code word documents, and that's where the source of the information is very sensitive and also very obvious if you read the report. So code word documents are handled separately. Then there's a third system called special access programs, and that's about... Not so much how we collected information, but it's about secret programs that we have, uh, weapon systems that are under development that we don't want the other guys to know about, um, special forces capabilities and programs we don't know, want anybody to know about. The thing that's troubling about Trump and his disclosures uh, or his documents is that he had code word documents and special access program documents. That's frightening because the compromise of those documents gets Americans killed. Do you think that the likelihood of him being prosecuted even for obstruction has diminished because now Biden and Pence get mentioned in the same sentence? Oh, yeah, I do. And I voted. (laughs) I was in the minority in your vote. I voted 
yes, this probably does make it easier on um, Trump. One of the other questions that I, I asked of Senator Coons was uh, of the, the Biden documents, I guess, at the pen related facility, your alma mater, uh, that yep. stem from his Senate career. Are, are they potentially more problematic because presidents and vice presidents, as you've just explained, they have a different type of, of access than a senator in a skiff. And Senator Coons' response to me was to say, well, I I don't know what the drill was 20 years ago in the Senate. Maybe it was more lax. You've had a long and distinguished career. Has the way in which we've treated classified informations shifted over time? Well, you know, Joe Biden was a president, was a senator beginning in 1973. (laughs) Right. I don't know how how old these documents are. But uh, I began working in government in 1973. And my recollection every time I dealt with a senator or a congressman was that you could go to their office and show them a document, but then you had to bring it home with you, uh, usually in a locked pouch with a big padlock on it. Uh, if, the, if they wanted the document left, you had to bring it over to another room, the skiff, where it was logged in. Uh, with the Dewey Decibel system. Uh, I, I have no explanation for why a senator would have classified information in his office. So, yeah, I think it may be more troublesome. Among the people who have served at your level of government, I have to imagine the alarm bells were ringing like, oh, my God, do I inadvertently have something in my possession? Do you think the universe is limited to Biden, Pence and Trump? No, probably not. Uh, you know, when I left the White House, uh, I did a thorough search of my house. Uh, didn't find anything. Um, and I, I was tempted this week, you know, when Biden, last week when Biden was talking about his Corvette, I was tempted to go out. I've got a bunch of boxes next to my Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was tempted to go out and see what's in them, but I know what's in them and it's nothing from the government. Uh, yeah, no, I think, uh, I think people do like to take things home. You know, no one wants to work 14 hours a day or more uh, inside a skiff. Uh, and so people do want to say, yeah, you know, I, I want to read that document. Why don't I take it home uh, and I'll read it after dinner, after the kids have gone to bed. That's very dangerous uh, because you forget. You forget where to put it. You put it. You Maybe other people see it. Uh, maybe uh, it drops somehow while you're in transit. And so what I tried religiously to do uh, was only to read classified documents in my in my office. Uh, and, you know, you leave the office, you leave that behind. Do you think that uh, if they had burned the documents, I don't mean Trump because the archives knew that he had material that he should not have known, but if Biden's materials had been burned, would we be any the wiser? It doesn't seem like they were subject to the tracking system that you described and Pence the same. No, I think it's it's kind of remarkable that they didn't just burn them. Um, just, it's kind of remarkable that Nixon didn't burn his tapes. Right. Um, if they if they had burned them, no one would know. Uh, there's no tracking system, obviously, on documents like that, or they would have found them long ago. Uh, like the, like that officer who you know confronted Senator Coons and said, "Do you have a document?" If they know you have a document, they they go and look for it. And they they confront you. If they haven't. Uh, then chances are there's no trace of the document, and they could have just put it in their fireplace. Where does this end up? 
what comes out of it? Some blue ribbon commission that analyzes the way in which we classify information and handle it thereafter? Well, maybe. You know, uh, I know everyone thinks there's too much classified information. And, and there are millions of classified documents. I was trying to make an estimate of how many classified documents I saw in my career. And it's probably in the hundreds of thousands. Um, I don't think there are too many classified documents. Hmm. Uh, they're classified for too long a time. Uh, the, the declassification is too slow. But I don't think in general, sure, there are some that are, are silly uh, and shouldn't be classified. But in general, I think we're pretty good uh, about classifying documents. And frankly, it's most of the time, it's better to err on the side of classification. But then review them at two years, at four years, at six years, and, and declassify them. I would like to see, however, a movement that takes paper out of the equation. Uh, if we don't have classified papers, uh, I think a lot of this goes away. If we use iPads or similar docu- uh, similar equipment that's equipped for uh, Tempest uh, electronic conditions so that no one can spy on them, uh, I think we'd be a lot safer. You've written a number of books about your cyber concerns since leaving government service. It's interesting for me, knowing what I know of you and having read those books, to hear that Richard Clark advocates for more use of iPads. You're not worried about that being able to be tapped into? No, we can make a very classified, and we have uh, made very classified iPads or similar devices that uh, are much safer, much safer than paper. Okay. You know, if there is a Blue Ribbon Commission, no one would have the credentials to match yours to be on it. Shall we float that I idea that. publicly? <laughs> I did the commission after after the uh, the Snowden leak. That's that's good enough for me. You're finished. One. Yeah, I get it. You'd, ra- yeah. you'd rather drive. You'd rather drive that Corvette. You know, the mid-engine Corvette really handles very nicely. <laughs> <laughs> what What year is yours? Uh, Twenty one. Nice. Good for you. Richard Clark, that was excellent. Thank, thank you so much. I really appreciate I learned a lot from, from our 15 minutes. I really appreciate that. All right, Michael. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Richard Clark, ladies and gentlemen, unique service to three American presidents, guy who served 30 years in national security policy roles in the U.S. government, Pentagon, State Department, White House. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. 
There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Quick reaction to what you've just heard. There's a lot there for us to think over. I mean, basically what I took away, and you have your own ears, is what I hear Richard Clark saying is it's not as bad as these three episodes and these three individuals would have you believe. There are processes in place. Uh, Human factors, human error gets in the way. He didn't say it. I'll say it. Stuff happens. Yes, improvements could be made. There's not so much a problem with overclassification as there is with a classification that lasts too long. And why don't we use technology to try and do a better job of managing all of this? David, you're in Bath, North Carolina. Thoughts on what you just heard? You know, I think your previous caller was absolutely correct. If the president had a presidential iPad and the president could not be handed anything on a piece of paper, it all had to come to them come on that iPad, we would not have this problem. And we would not have a problem when people got ready to pack up to leave. They turn in their iPad and all the classified documents and everything else would be gone. And all original documents that were paper, like letters and things like that, that came into the, into the White House should be scanned and immediately shipped off to the archives. It's interesting to me because he's a guy who his passion since leaving government service has has been to warn us of our cyber vulnerability and he's taken to writing fiction with some liberties to make his points i've read all his books so for for richard clark who's most concerned about our vulnerability in a cyber world to be the one to say why aren't we using ipads it resonates with me because he knows what he's talking about he he really does and you know, I am much more concerned with Trump or Biden or a president losing a piece of paper than I am somebody hacking into an iPad that's disconnected or has to be sunk or, or you know, we have cybersecurity specialists that can secure those devices. You would um, think that it could be a lot easier and, to track and to dismember if it fell into the right hand, wrong hands, God forbid. Right, exactly. You know, you can do biometric authentication on those devices. And the other thing is, if for God's sakes we think the president um, is, you know, we're concerned about what the president does after he leaves office, any president, you just turn the access off and it's done, it's over. And I think that actually should, they should do that to all cabinet level officials, anyone that sees secure documents that that are reviewed any place other than a skiff. Interesting. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Let me see what Mitchell in New Jersey thinks. Mitchell, you just heard from Richard Clark. What were your thoughts? Well, Michael, my son was a foreign service officer uh, with the State Department. That's a, a diplomatic corps. And I remember him telling me a story. He was stationed at the consulate in Riyadh, Riyadh in, not Riyadh, uh, Jeddah in uh, uh, Saudi Arabia. And he told me he got a warning from the security forces in the uh, consulate because even though he had put classified documents back in the safe, he forgot to turn the tumbler. So, I mean, they're really, and what he told me when we were talking about this, he said the culture of, of different uh, agencies like state, CIA, defense, uh, is much more attuned to the restrictions and regulations 
that have to be followed in regards to classified documents. And I think um, Mr. Clark's uh, uh, notion that we can um, uh, that we should use a uh, computer or, or something for access, I think, makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you think about it. We've been able to use uh, thumbprint technologies on even home personal computers, two-factor authentications, and these systems would even be uh, further closed down. And it would prevent, uh, you could prevent documents from just being copied, uh, uh, let alone uh, not followed up on it. And the other, the other thought I had, uh, and this is kind of a, I was reading uh, uh, that report that came out on the uh, gain of function uh, uh, OIG report, which I'm sure you'll get into at some point. But, our our oversight in, in whatever in any of these agencies is sometimes um, so complicated and so um, involved and requires so much uh, work from their staff uh, that uh, it becomes you know we, it becomes very very difficult to audit and make sure that the standards are being maintained at a proper level. So those are my thoughts on this. And my, th- my thought is only to say that it seems like the problems are more at the very top than they are at the level of your son. So many callers, and particularly those who've served in the military, have been calling in the aftermath of Trump, then Biden, then Pence to say, my God, if it were me, or it never could have been me. Robert is in Dallas, Texas, responding to what Richard Clark had to say. Hi, Robert. Hello, Michael. How are you this morning? All good. Thank you. Yeah, so I really appreciate Mr. Clark. I spent almost 39 years working with classified material, and he hit the nail on the head. The controls have always been in place, and I think what we have happening is that those up in D.C. just don't follow the rules. Uh, you know, to the point that Senator Coons made about safes, I wanted to make a little nuanced response. The only type of safe that someone can have in their office is for collateral or secret information, and that does happen, but anything that's TSSCI or higher, you can't take into an office unless it is a skip. So I think we've got to go and fix the problem of, of not tracking things. There is librarian system custodians is what we call them. So a lot of everything he said was on spot. I just think we have a system where people who are at high enough levels just ignore it. Yeah, it does sound that way. And a lot of the people who gets to that high level could probably never pass the kind of security check that a Richard Clark had to go through. You know, you run for the top job and you get it. OK, the presumption is that you're not a national security risk. And yet we've had we've had some who have run for some who have won, who I don't think could have passed the most rudimentary of background check. More phone calls on this in just a sec. This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. 
As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Sam, you're in Westchester, New York. Greetings on classified information. You wanted to say what? Yeah, Michael, uh, I heard some reporting that a lot of these classified documents were uh, actually private notes. Uh, classified documents in the Pence and, uh, and other cases are private notes. So how are we going to deal with that? Um, and, you know, if you take notes from something that was um, classified a briefing, are those need to be filed? I mean, I think that that's something that we're not talking about. You know, we learned from, I don't know if you heard it, uh, and thank you, Sam. We, we heard from Chris Coons in the first hour of the program today that in certain of his committee assignments when he's reviewing classified information inside a protected space, a skiff, that to the extent he takes notes, he has a file there, and his notes must remain in that file, which seems like a smart system to me. Now, when a president or a vice president who gets more latitude and has documents in the Oval Office, or I guess in the case of the VP in the old Executive Office building, if they're writing notes, I don't know what becomes of those notes. I would hope they would never leave that environment. Mark is on Long Island. Mark, greetings. What did you want to say? Yeah, hi, Michael. Hi, TC. I just wanted to bring up the possibility with the classified documents found at President Biden's house that, particularly with the ones from his Senate days, that he may not necessarily have had them from his Senate days, but he may have requested them while he was vice president. So he may not have been hanging on to these documents for decades, as people may imply. I don't understand. If he were the vice president and he requested them, how how could they then be from his Senate experience? Well, I know he wrote a book during uh, right after his vice presidency. Maybe he requested a, a classified document from when he was in the Senate while he was vice president. Oh. Mm, I get it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's actually he wrote one when he when he first got in in the 08 cycle because I interviewed yeah. him about that. And I think manuscripts usually are the culprit, not in the case of Trump. But, yeah, uh, yeah, they, they want to go back and they want to draw on things in order to write. That could be. I, I understand yeah. what you're saying. So now he wants to reflect on a period of his Senate past. Oh, it would help me if I were able to get a document from that era. I don't know. It makes sense. Carrie, greetings in South Carolina. What did you most want to say? Hi, Michael. Enjoy your show. Thank you, sir. I wanted to ask you, on, on January the 6th, in the Capitol building that was breached, is there a skiff facility or a skiff room in that building, and was it breached? Thanks I, for believe the fir- I, believe the fir- I believe the first answer is yes, and I believe the second answer is no. Because I'm unaware of it, and if there were some type of a breach of a secure facility, I I think we'd know that uh, by now. The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.